3: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow,
1: did we just write an ad? Yes.
2: Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
0: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
4: Center of the Galaxy. This is a four center podcast feed. I am Ken Napsack. I am Joseph Scripps.
5: And I am Jennifer Landau.
4: Hey, all right. Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer. And back. Back. A little week off. A little week off. Was it a relaxing week? No, but a week off nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, we it were, was
5: like an undercover mission that went awry. Uh, <laughs> uh,
4: well, if only we could find out more. Hey, everybody, this is the Force center crew. We're here to talk Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago. And one of those weeks where, yeah, again, we say, hey, not enough news, but a, a real wonderful story we can't wait to talk about up top here. Some High Republic news, a very special this day in Star Wars history. Before we get to all of that, or I fall asleep, I'll explain more later. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, however, uh, Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Before we do that, as always, we like to catch up or pre-apologize for sounding tired. <laughs> All those <kind> of <laughs> things going on. Uh, Jen, you're back. Uh, how's life? How's Star Wars?
5: Star Wars is a a lot.
4: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That could have been the name of our
3: podcast.
5: (laughs) Exactly. Italicized a lot. Uh, (laughs) I did have some Star Wars adventures this week. Um, The ones I shall share are, uh, I made cereal bars. Um, It was on StarWars.com. It was a recipe inspired by Cyril Carnes cereal that he eats in episode. I forget which episode it was with his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Basically it's like rice crispy treats, but with this, uh, I don't even remember what brand it was. It was like mm-hmm. this kicks kind of cereal, but it was purple and green and blue. And uh, I made it. And my kids loved it. They've been asking for it. I actually, I was like, I, I can't keep this. They're going to want to keep eating it. So I end up throwing the rest away because it was just, <laughs> they want, they wouldn't stop. So uh, <laughs> that was a hit. <laughs> I highly recommend that recipe on starwars.com. I
4: saw it. Uh, did you uh, tell your kids, I intuit, I intuit things. I intuited that you want the cereal.
3: <laughs> I love that. You know, she, she pushes all the food toward him and you had to pull it away. Total opposite.
5: Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Um, and another thing was, you know, you can never have too many Grogu's, as it's, Turns no, out. No. And I, I learned, I, I've been trying to find a Grogu that you can pose more. Like, uh, yeah. you can dress up, you can move his little legs. And I've been seeing some on Etsy <laughs> that are really pricey. Uh, I can't, I'm not going to buy that. But I saw one at Target mm. and I got it. You can pose the little legs. It has these adorable little feet. Um, because if you guys remember the first one that they released, it was just like a little sack. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah.
4: Oh, its body yeah.
5: was just like a like a little sack. No shape to it. So basically it was just this, <laughs> this Grogu head on a potato sack. Um, so now Target has one with posable legs and feet. And that went into the cart. I purchased it. It's on its way. Friday. I think uh, I buy these toys for me sure. more than my kids. Yeah, That's the truth.
4: Absolutely. Uh,
3: that's definitely true of me since I don't have children. Or even any <laughs> pets to try to claim. They wanted this action figure.
5: <laughs> my kids are a cover for my toy obsession.
3: That's yeah. Hey, hey, mm, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, now, is this Grogu yeah. is that that's different than the uh the shoulder sitting one, right?
5: Y- yes. Mm. Yes, exactly. How many Grogu's can we have? I have a. I have the sack one, I have a, a small one that you squeeze and it makes noises, I have the one that can do the force where you touch his little head and it goes, um, I did not get the shoulder one because I was like, mm-hmm. "That's just going too far for me." Uh, because right, <laughs> I'm right. just wearing around the house. <laughs> and now this one with the posable little legs and feet. See, who knows what else? I
3: love it. That is just uh, beautiful. I enjoyed one of your TikToks at Target, uh, including you just zipped by, you know, the toy aisle to what you were interested in. But I had to figure out how to pause your TikTok because there's a Boba Fett I wanted that was in the background. It's like, wow. <laughs> if only oh. I knew, I would have been like, Jennifer, pick that up for me.
5: <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah, let me know. I go to Target I'm, I'm three times a week.
4: Like, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. I just, I just go to say hi to my friends there. It's.
5: <laughs> right. Yeah. They know your name. Like, yeah. cheers.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I'll watch you there next time I go. I'm looking forward to the point where maybe Janet might end up being you, but it's probably someone else where it's like instead of a porcelain doll room, it's just a Grogu room where you just walk <gasps> in. It's like 50 Grogu's all staring at you, two of them haunted. I think that'll be great. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. see that's see gonna that. be
5: me the old lady with all the Grogu's.
4: <laughs> oh grab a jen that's her and a great. Be be oh my
5: gosh i knew someone can i just share that i knew someone that they, this was way back in the 80s and they had a what was it was it ziggy was it a ziggy room or was it a garfield room it was one of those two oh, wow. and they had like pegs in this room i walked in as a kid my mind was blown and they had all these Figures, all you know unopened and that was at the time where that was kind of relatively new to be that type of collector yeah yeah. and it was like the dad it was the dad's room and the kid showed me and the dad was like don't touch anything (laughs) um i can't but i can't remember if it was ziggy or garfield it's kind of an important detail
3: i really hope it was ziggy because garfield (laughs) has continued to kind of have this long life and i feel like ziggy has uh (laughs) faded from cultural relevance (laughs)
5: Probably none of our audience even knows who Ziggy is.
3: What's a Ziggy? Is that a Happy Day spinoff?
4: What the hell is Ziggy? That's amazing. (laughs)
5: And not like that was, like, at least Garfield has some personality. You know, he doesn't like lasagna or he likes lasagna. I can't remember. Ziggy, what does Ziggy do? I don't know.
4: I I remember, but I don't remember
3: that. Charlie Brown-esque is my memory, but it could be totally, totally inaccurate. I I had Ziggy pillow sheets, and I (gasps) remember nothing about the actual character, Ziggy. (laughs)
4: Wow, that's why did a we deep like cut. Ziggy. Wow. Ziggy bed sheets is that's that's <laughs> special. That's special. <laughs> well, uh great stuff. Good night, everybody. We had a lot of fun talking <laughs> about it. Uh Joseph, where did Star Wars uh, find you in life this week?
3: Uh, Yeah, Star Wars uh, found me lots of places, as always. I I had a very full uh, weekend, which was lovely. Um, My wife, uh, Sarah, is a dancer, and she's got a dance show coming up, so there was a preview for it uh, this Friday in Pasadena. So I got to see my wife do some dancing, which was absolutely wonderful. Uh, We live within walking distance of the Pantages Theater, but we had never been there to see a show. We'd been there to vote, uh, so we went to see Cats.
4: (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. My
3: my life... uh, Loves the musical cats, and I was just uh, intrigued. That was great. Uh, So we had a a very full weekend, but the place that Star Wars found me was great because it was kind of, I was busy doing non-Star Wars things, and Star Wars, like, literally found me, Mm. as it often does. Um, uh, Walked down to Grommens to see uh, the horror movie Halloween Ends, which uh, is a very odd movie, but I enjoyed. It Mm. reminded me uh, a lot of sometimes the discussion of the prequels of, like, not what people were expecting, but clearly, uh, exactly what the creators wanted to make. Mm. So I thought about Star Wars <laughs> a little bit there, but then I, uh, uh, whenever I go to Grommins, I stop at this bookstore on Hollywood Boulevard, Larry Edmonds. It's a very uh, old uh, bookstore that sells, uh, really, uh, Hollywood books for the most part. Uh, you can find like art of books there, but also like lots of used books of old uh, interviews and biographies, and mm. they uh, sell vintage posters. Prints of vintage posters. It's just a great uh, if you love entertainment and art. It's a, a great store celebrating that. Mm-hmm. And I stopped in to buy a David Lynch book, and then uh, someone said my name, and I turned around, and that was like, okay, um, my I was in like Halloween David Lynch headspace, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it turned out to be a, a kind force Center listener who uh, just wanted to say hello and uh, and tell me that he very much agreed. Uh, with our prequel thoughts in it <laughs> oh. and, and enjoyed them very much so it was it was it was really really nice because we're in like a totally different headspace mm. not like at a convention at a place where i expect to yeah. uh, engage in some prequel conversation uh and it was a, a very kind nice moment so it was really nice to have star wars find me in the midst of uh my head being other places
4: love that. that's great Love that. Yeah, it's always good Uh, at a random 7-Eleven or uh, Walmart (laughs) checkout or something like that. (laughs) That's great. Exactly.
3: Exactly. And it's uh, I've really been thinking about that a lot, having been to that uh, Lovecraft Film Festival uh, last weekend uh, where people, you know, they know me from doing a very specific character in a very specific set of films at that festival. And I think a lot of us are like certainly the three of us who've done lots and lots of different things. In our lives. So in public, when somebody says your name, you're like, um, is this for any of these five artistic things I've done? Am I being arrested? How does this <laughs> person know me? Why is this person saying my name? It's always just like a really interesting moment. Is it somebody I just know in real life, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm. so And it's always really rewarding when it is a force center uh, listener. Yeah. So uh, huge thanks
4: to that force center listener. Love that. Yay. Love that. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't experienced that in a bit here. I, uh, did comedy all weekend at La Jolla at the comedy store. And the amount of times uh, people say, man, I I really thought you were Tom Segura. It's just I'm going (laughs) to have to find a way to make money off that because it's happening more and more. Um, Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad Star Wars found both of you. I will say this. I'm going to be honest. uh, Star Wars did not find me this week. And I'm actually okay with that, which is not anything about Star Wars. It just was a different headspace. (laughs) It was a different time. A lot of things going on. I traveled down to La Jolla with Mark Ellis and Jen Sturgis. Do some comedy down there. uh, Five shows for the week. Uh, And it's not, generally, La Jolla is not a nerdier crowd, so you can make a Star Wars reference, but it's really 50-50 on, uh, or maybe 90-10 on if you'll get a reaction (laughs) or not. Uh, And it's actually kind of fun to do that challenge. But uh, other than that, man, you know, uh, I watched uh, music docs with Mark and stayed up late, slept in late, uh, got got some bad food around La Jolla, like great food, but bad for me, uh, around La Jolla, and that was it. And, and... I think I need that refresh uh, just to, to not worry about blasters and pee pee pews and lightsabers mm-hmm. and deep themes, all that stuff. I just, it, 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 Star Wars knows when to find you and Star Wars knows when to say, we'll be here. You come back to us when you're ready. And it feels good to be back. Mm-hmm. We'll
5: leave yeah. the light on for you.
4: <laughs> so simple simple and yeah we, all three of us you know always you know we don't want to have our energy levels affect stuff i i, I wanted to someone uh in, in the youtube comment was like hey ken seems rather tired lately and uh i didn't take it bad by the way i think they thought i took it <laughs> bad i t- i was just like no i i, I want to confirm that you're not crazy especially last <laughs> week my voice was tired tired. Joseph's going through you know schedule life career shooting things jen's uh, doing crazy amounts of work, also raising children, uh, a full-time job itself. And sometimes, yes, the energy level might drop. So I want to apologize if anyone felt I, felt I was falling asleep last week. I just, it was exhausting. <laughs> Not Star Wars, life, <laughs> life. life.
3: And and you were uh, up late uh, last night, right? Getting home?
4: I got home at 1 a.m. and it was that wow. balance of uh, either I slept, slept at the Airbnb and woke up at 5 to drive back from San Diego to L.A., which can be, Two hours or five. And we're recording, so it's like, I was like, I'm just going to go home late. And I was like, all right, so I'm going to have a coffee in the car, but I'm going to be so tired when I get home, I'll fall asleep. I did not. So oh, no. I was jittery, shaking oh. all night until here. So, uh, anyways, we'll we'll use the force to power through here, of
3: Yeah. I totally understand. I I was very excited for all the plans we had this weekend. But like when on Friday morning, I was just like, I want to sleep for three days. And like, even when we're on our way to cats, I was like, I hope I can stay awake. And like, (laughs) it's literally dozens of cats jumping up and down, lights flashing. (laughs) Yes.
5: Did they walk through the through the aisles of the audience, too?
3: They did not do that. Uh, Oh, they didn't. You know, the Pantages is such a such a proscenium, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know how they would do that. And I was in the oh, balcony. So I guess yeah. I, I, if I was thinking about it, I would have been paranoid the entire time that a cat was going to come up behind me.
1: <laughs>
5: exactly. <laughs>
3: but It was uh, it was a really good production. It was amazing.
4: That's great. And a great theater. Yeah. I've uh, been there a few times now, but yeah, it's uh it mm-hmm. reminds you of, uh, you're waiting for Palpatine to talk to Anakin in a, in a box there somewhere. So it's a good <laughs> oh, spot. Yeah. yeah. Good spot. All right, let's get into a little bit of Star Wars news. And, uh, you know, sometimes we always uh, say, ah, not a lot of news. And, and that's that's kind of true. We're in an Andor season, and uh, big reveals and stuff are, are probably going to be a little bit later on. So you have to kind of dig for the news. But this is one that popped up, and I just I want to talk about it. And I know Joseph and Jennifer would would uh, agree with me on that. So it's our lead story today. I'm at best getting ready for a one-man show about his Jar Jar experiences. And uh, you can go to our friends at Star Wars News Net to uh, link to the story or you can just follow Ahmed on Instagram, which is the source of the story uh, and always fun. And, and Ahmed, best, of course, the man behind the groundbreaking Jar Jar Binks character, whether you love the character or not growing up, you have to understand, not just admit, understand uh, Jar Jar broke a lot of ground with technological advancements in CGI characters. Uh, And, of course, Ahmed's experiences with Jar Jar have been well-documented, but well-documented by other people. And he posted on Instagram a photo of a script title page. I think it was an untitled one-man show uh, to reveal that he's finally ready to put his one-man show into the world. Uh, Here's the post. He says, and we're back. It's been three years since I wrote this. I was ready to put it on stage, and then the world shut down. But often the work tells you when it's ready, and this started yelling at me. Honestly, this is the scariest thing I've ever done. I'm very nervous about putting this out there, and that's exactly why I have to do it. Yeah, Best had previously planned on putting this out there. And I think, Joseph, you might know more. Weren't there rumors that Frank Oz was involved as a director or some some capacity at some point? Yeah,
3: I mean, I think I've heard rumblings from various uh, people. Uh, I think Ahmed Best has uh, posted about this a little bit. There might have been like a a little bit of a Twitter conversation <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. yeah, uh,
3: about this. That's my uh, recollection that no one should take as fact. Those are my yes. foggy recollections.
4: Same, same. Foggy, busy weekend recollection, recollections here.
3: But it sounds like you have similar foggy recollections, yeah.
4: Jennifer.
5: Yes. I actually think and maybe I maybe ask my foggy recollection. We were talking about this like three and a half years ago, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. I just remember being in Ken's studio and yeah. And talking about this. So I feel like it's kind of like back then, it was just like maybe an idea where he was kind of throwing it out there on Twitter, like, I have this thing I want to do. I might do it. I have stories I want to share. Mm -hmm. And now here we are.
4: Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. 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 Faint memories of an old apartment studio. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not a studio apartment, an apartment studio talking about this. Um, But regardless uh, of any of our foggy memories, uh, we have got. Uh, this story now, uh, obviously nothing official, no announcements of where it is. He just, uh, is going to do it. And I really love what he's being honest about here. He's very nervous as, um, uh, any artist would be, but especially with Ahmed Best and his journey with his character. So, uh, Joseph, we'll start with you here. What do you, what do you think about this? What do we hope it accomplishes? Uh, and what do we want to learn in 2023 and beyond from Ahmed Best about Jar Jar?
3: Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's so many layers to this. Mm. And I will admit, you know, uh, selfishly, I hope that he does uh, put the show up. I think, mm. uh, I hope he puts it up on a local stage in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, there are lots of, uh, you know, theater is a, kind of a different beast in Los Angeles for lots of reasons because it's so commingled with the rest of the entertainment industry. But there mm. is uh, an active, thriving theater community in Los Angeles and lots of interesting places where uh, he could put it up. So I hope he puts it up. I hope he workshops it. Mm. Uh, I hope then it launches from a small local stage, intimate stage production and goes however big Ahmed Best wants it to, right? If he films it and releases it uh, as just that intimate show, if he turns it into a longer run, if he tours it uh, throughout the country, if he turns it into a book. However, he wants to share the story, because Mm -hmm. I think whatever he puts up, if he puts up a one night only show, (laughs) you know, that has any opening to the public, there are going to be clickbait uh, links Mm -hmm. to it. Right. Yeah. So I hope that he gets to achieve what I what I perceive he wants to from from his social media post, which is to share his narrative Mm -hmm. from his perspective. Um, so that's kind of my, my hope to imagine how it might emerge yeah, yeah. <laughs> into our actual physical world. And then to your question about what you want to learn, I think there is some behind the scenes things that he has alluded to in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, some things that we know from other people's perspectives or documentaries. But I would love to hear his journey in creating Jar Jar, how he feels about the technical achievement that learned it led to so much more uh, motion capture and CGI characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely curious in his insights on what Jar Jar's role might have been if there hadn't been the backlash because mm-hmm. he's uh, sort of um, discussed that a little bit before, but it'd be great uh, to hear big picture. And then final thing, like that's all the kind of almost like star Wars nerdery of like, it'd be great yeah. to hear from the man himself about that Jar Jar journey. But I think, this story that's really important is the story of empathy and compassion, right? Yeah. More more than anything, really hearing Ahmed Best's human story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know, we all know, it is of course just fine to see a character I- and not like it, right? Mm-hmm. There's no problem with anybody who uh, watches *The Phantom Menace* right now and says Charger Binks as a character is not for me. Uh, we know that in '99 it went so far beyond that into this level of just, you know, fury and, and cruelty that splashed out to the performer. Mm -hmm. And I I think having the performer himself tell that story might really help to kind of drive, drive the, drive the irony home that Mm -hmm. Jar Jar Binks is a character uh, that reminds us that everyone has perspective. Everyone has value. Everyone has humanity. Mm -hmm. And the irony that that the character with that perspective was met with such A lack of sensitivity and compassion Mm. that it to me that is this the human story i'm really interested in
4: yeah uh absolutely with you on that there There there's so much to uh go into that and and even up top when i say hey no matter what you think about the character i I even you know now in 2022 i kind of hate having to say that but it's just a big reality around the character that i think um it's important to hear that from Ahmed, you know, going Mm-mm. through that the day to day, we've gotten some reveals, we've gotten some interviews, Uh still uh, always uh, want to point people to his uh, uh interviews uh, on YouTube with our friend Jamie Stangroom, uh, just wonderful <laughs> stuff, including him reading the Chuck Wendig uh, Aftermath interlude in Jar Jar's voice, which is one of my favorite pieces <laughs> of Jar Jar Media, both the interlude <laughs> and him reading that. Um, but yeah, uh, Jen, uh, get in here, uh, as well. Yeah. Hopefully we can all see this locally. We'll make it a four center night out or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yes. uh, yeah. What, what do you, what do you think about all this, Jen?
5: You know, it's interesting. Cause until you guys started talking about that, that that's kind of the benefit of doing a, a one man show. It's obviously mm-hmm. very cathartic for him. He is a great performer and I, I think he would really do well doing a one-man show in a live theater. and also it would bring fans together, mm. which is special and really what Star Wars is about is connecting with other fans. And so that could be kind of cool too. Mm. Um, it could bring a healing for us all um, because the truth is is that uh, I know a lot of us myself included, I did not care for the character when it first came out because I took myself very seriously as a Star Wars fan. And this did not represent, you know, (laughs) what I thought Star Wars should be. My Teenage
4: person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so
5: serious. I'm 17. Um, So, but now and through time, through obviously, you know, my kids Mm. being obsessed with Jar Jar, they – laughing hysterically at everything. And mm-hmm. as I'm watching it, I, I getting the physical comedy aspect of it. I under always like Buster Keaton, like that style of humor, which I love. Mm-hmm. And you really start and then if you watch the behind the scenes documentary, you hear them talking about the character and him uh, Ahmed best kind of tinkering around with his physicality. Mm-hmm. You just see how much thought and care went into this. and i and I understand it. I get it now. I love Jar Jar not not ironically i truly love him
4: <laughs> yeah.
5: uh, i love what he represents it's just fun silliness that that i love about star wars mm-hmm. um but it is interesting because initially i had hoped that he would produce a documentary i always love mm-hmm. documentaries but the reality is i'm sure it would be practically impossible to get clearance on the Star Wars clips mm. um especially depending on what he's gonna say the yeah. next thing would be maybe an, uh, a biography like you know him yeah. talking about it in book form but he, he really is so such a great performer why not see it on stage and like Joseph said who you know he could tour it across the country it could even go to off- Broadway Broadway you mm-hmm. never know right mm-hmm. and so I, I just think whatever he wants to do with it we are here to support him, whatever he wants to achieve.
4: Yeah, as a Star Wars community. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Joseph, yes, yeah, sorry, you have a thought there. Sorry,
3: no, no, no. I was just agreeing. Go, go for it. <laughs>
4: uh, um, yeah, no, I, I. Um... I think I've, over the years, uh, have become fiercely protective of Jar Jar and fiercely protective of Ahmed, a, a man I've never met, you know? <laughs> um, I think his honesty and just seeing it. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, 23 or whatever I was when when Phantom Men's came out. And I had, I certainly had some thoughts and all those kind of things. But uh, I'm glad I never uh, tipped over uh, into what ended up happening towards Ahmed and Jake Lloyd and a lot of folks and a lot of performers over the years. We've seen this but Ahmed being one of the first on on a large scale uh career uh waylaid and delayed and and hey look you can you know i think um in the end he's emerged even stronger i i hope but uh all that to say uh yeah the documentary idea is is something i have just been wanting for a long time because i think there's so much to cover in terms of the technological side and creating the character and getting the insights and And uh, hearing Ahmed's takes on uh, choices that they made for the character, good, bad, and otherwise, to hear it from him. But because it's a one-man show type of atmosphere in theater and the the real intimate nature of that, I think you're right, Joseph, to have it hit on uh, the actual experiences. And if you're seeing it and it's up front in person and you're not on your couch in your sweatpants eating dinner, (laughs) he's there. And any pain he's going through, it'll be on stage. Any joy he's expressing, it will be there. And I think that's what makes this right now a very special choice uh, to do it as a as a one man show. Um, I hope it's local. I'll travel to Broadway or off Broadway <laughs> to see Ahmed Best do this.
3: Yeah, and, and you know who knows what the show will be. And I'm yeah. you know I I, I want to speculate responsibly about you know Ahmed Best's uh, own one person show. Yeah. but I just think there's always such a power in when someone else just tells you their narrative and you're stripped away of everything else but the perspective of one person it's so mm-hmm. much easier to to feel things from that person's perspective right yeah and, and i'm very curious if he lets us in to the perspective of like i was i was uh, in stomp which is yeah. no small achievement Mm-mm. that that's how i got spotted for this right Seriously. i had i was already this accomplished amazing performer and mm-hmm. then the greatest dream comes true mm-hmm. not only has to be in star wars but to ask to be <sighs> to work closely with george lucas to develop something that's never been done to help him push the envelope mm-hmm. and then to be met with just a, such a wall of negativity mm-hmm. to be met with the actual dark side yeah <laughs> you know and, and I, I hope that even if, like I said, even if to this day people are like, eh, this jar jar joke doesn't work for me. I get mm-hmm. what the character means, but maybe not for me, whatever. Uh, if people can kind of put that into perspective, yeah, in the difference between uh, an opinion about a character versus the way it was re- expressed and what it did to real humans.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, and we 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 here at Force Center, I think, over the years have not shied away from any Jar Jar talk or any Jar Jar celebration or discussion. I think the Clone Wars report has been some of my favorite discussions about <laughs> around Jar Jar. Uh, and not just simply reevaluating it as a fan, but just seeing what is there, seeing what is there for you. And it's uh, part of this conversation I want to have with both of you, too. In uh, this time, 2022, as we race towards 2023... I, I love these temperature checks uh, of looking at things in, in, in our discussions that we may have had before here. Where, what do we feel now? Jar Jar Binks' legacy in Star Wars as of right now, Jen. Uh, any thoughts on that, especially as a, as a parent to kids that have reacted to this character, perhaps as, as intended?
5: Yeah, I mean, kids love Jar Jar, and kids who grew up with Jar Jar love him. There's a whole generation of fans that just... That, that the prequels are their Star Wars. And I think that that's fantastic. And it's amazing how my uh, then two-year-old, uh, maybe she was two, maybe she was younger when I started uh, sharing Star Wars books with her and whatever media. And she just gravitated towards Jar Jar. His look, his like kind of floppy, you know, sensibility in his ears and whatever. And his, his face, like she just gravitated towards that. Like it was just friendly, kid friendly. And then when she got to see him in action, it was like, wow, their little <laughs> minds were blown. Right. Um, and, you know, it just makes me go back to that, like the intimacy of the theater experience and mm-hmm. how it's really, a, it would allow him to control the narrative because I can just imagine blogs and, and YouTubers who, who might take, if he did a documentary, right, they mm-hmm. could twist it. And they could, you know, use clips and the, I could just see it being used for that. But there's something about when you're sharing your experience in person mm. in an intimate setting like that, you, somebody pouring their heart out like you it just I, you connect on it on a human level and you're less likely to want to exploit that. I would hope. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, but anyways. Yeah. yeah. Jar Jar is fantastic. We love Jar Jar in our house. And I'm so happy to see that so many fans are now rallying around him.
4: Yeah. The character and the actor. Absolutely. As the generations move forward and, and uh, you know, I say the character is intended. I, you know, it's, it's definitely intended for the younger crowd, Joseph, but as we've discussed here and you mentioned even earlier, Jar Jar definitely represents some important things in Star Wars, you know?
3: Yeah. Hugely important. And I think, you know, for me owning my perspective, I, I, you know, rewatch the original trilogy again and again. And some of the parts of Star Wars that landed for me were the darker, the deeper. Um, mm-hmm. Anytime that I was in pain for any reason, uh, watching Luke go through pain in Empire Strikes Back, it's like, it's real. I'm not alone. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I, I wanted the, the heavier, the more serious, you know, and Jar Jar brought back all of this energy of of youth and fun and empathy and kindness and silliness and, and all these things that I wasn't, I wasn't there for. And that was, uh, I think a lot of my backlash. Mm. And when I watch Phantom Menace now, it's like, yeah, some of these jokes are a little bit geared toward younger audience. This is, Hey, have you never seen some of the absolute basics of comedy? Have you never seen anybody step in poo poo? Yeah. Have you never yeah. seen a bunch of slapstick? And this is kind of your introduction <laughs> to that world of comedy. Like, yeah, some of those jokes aren't for me, but some of Ahmed best uh, delivery, has a ton more, like, comedic nuance than I allowed myself to appreciate at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of beats in Phantom Menace I have come to, like, really, really legitimately uh, enjoy. Mm-hmm. And and then the way the character, to your question about the legacy of Jar Jar Binks in Star mm-hmm. Wars... Um, he, he is kind of this classic clown in the, in the silent film uh, mode. Mm. Uh, this person who seems like almost uh, magically bumbling. Like, I love the comedy of Laurel and Hardy because, like, sometimes their shorts are just, can they get out of bed today? And the answer is no.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Everything falls apart because uh, they are lovable fools. The world is against them. And Jar Jar represents all of these ideas, these classic ideas of the clown uh, mm. from... The sort of the the foolish, the person who appears to be foolish but is actually quite correct and noble, and nobody is listening to them because they appear mm-hmm. uh, foolish on the surface. To the sort of the tragic clown, someone who, who mm-hmm. clearly has such deep love in their heart, uh, but people react to them with such negativity, which is the great you know aftermath uh, story of the tragic clown mm-hmm. Jar Jar. So I, I think his legacy in Star Wars is that the character is much deeper than a stepping-in poo-poo joke, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think if anybody wants to give Jar Jar a, a, a different chance, a different perspective, I strongly recommend the Clone Wars episodes, the the season three supply lines, mm-hmm. and season six, the two-parter, uh, the Disappeared with Mace Windu. A, yeah. a couple other great ones as well. But I think what those episodes drive home is that great jar jar theme of everyone matters, everyone has perspective, you need to calm down and especially if you're a person in power, listen to those around you. but also that jar jar is just bravery. a, a huge yeah. part of Star Wars is bravery, right Of yeah. are you willing to do what you need to do even if it's scary? And Jar jar is that's to me his greatest comedy was like this bumbling fool. Should not be anywhere near actual violence or danger, mm-hmm, right? In mm-hmm. some really funny moments where he has to confront, like, yeah, you you, you shouldn't, you, you're not equipped to be here, but he does it anyway yeah. because he's being brave.
1: Yeah,
4: fate has placed him there. Destiny's placed him there, and he makes the right choice to go forward. And I love what you said there. I love Jennifer, your experiences, and what you shared there. Yeah, and it's it's part of it as it continues to grow. And after Chicago 2019, where I think. Uh, Ahmed was uh, uh, welcome back. Uh, welcome back a little bit more by the, the 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 younger generations and hopefully the older generations. His involvement with the uh, Star Wars the game show we all loved. Which mm-hmm, uh, wouldn't mind seeing that again. But uh, I don't know. Kelleran Beck though, I think's a character I'd love to see pop up elsewhere too. But yeah, the Jar Jar legacy. Uh, you talked about it so well, uh, Joseph, about what he represents, but everyone matters and. And we, you know, I think all three of us, we really love uh, the moments with, with Padme. I mean, the, the the two of them, him saying this truth about these, uh, this brave culture, the Gunkans, uh, And he knows that they and the Naboo don't get along. She knows the, that. And they both overlooked that. And it's one of the most important moments in the franchise. And it's small and it's sweet. And it was mocked. He uh, mm. said people going to die. was mocked. Um, And I think that's become one of my favorite moments in Star Wars for what it represents for them. And also I think Jar Jar himself, part of this legacy, is a bit of a challenge. And it's a good challenge to uh, sit down, have certain kinds of fans or certain age groups of fans look at Jar Jar as they sit down and watch it. And can you uh, allow the next generation to come in? Can you give up your wants And desires to let someone else be moved by something that maybe you don't understand or maybe isn't directly for you. I think Jar Jar does represent that. And Ahmed embodied that and, I mean, almost paid the dearest price for it, which is just horrible and tragic. But he's emerged. Ahmed has emerged. Jar Jar has emerged. And and I think in 2022, I'm looking forward to those two uh, uh, beings colliding again on stage to share a (laughs) new story. It's going to be fun. Hopefully. Hopefully. You know, we'll see if it goes. And, uh, I, I, Ahmed, I have my suitcase. We'll travel to wherever you uh,
3: perform <laughs> it. There you go. Any
4: final thoughts there on Jar Jar and Ahmed and the one-man show? We hope it's going to happen soon.
3: Uh No, I'm just stopping myself from listing more Clone Wars episodes. Uh, <laughs> Jar Jar.
4: So. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Jen, I do recall at one point, you shared a video of it was one of your daughters doing the Jar Jar walk, right? I remember that.
5: Yes, remember it was that. my my eldest daughter, Lucia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was really studying it. She was just so fascinated <laughs> by the character. Yeah. And I think part of it's because the kids can also see themselves in mm. that character being uh, – so it, the character's so innocent, you know, yeah. and, and really wants to be helpful, but sometimes just can't. They stick their – face in the wrong place. <laughs> yes,
4: this is true. So, he is, yeah. ja- look, Jar is very innocent, uh, except for when he was hanging out with Queen Julia. That's part of the fun of that episode too. Jar Jar uh, experiences life all degrees of it. Uh, all right. Uh, we are looking forward to that. We, of course, keep you updated if this uh, one-man show moves forward uh, and uh, where we can see it and all those kind of things. Maybe it will be a four Center field trip. We'll find out. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, there is some more news discussed about the High Republic. But before we do that, we have a four Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us just for what we have today.
3: I don't think I even really need to say it. I think loyal listeners can say it along with us. Yes. Padawan by Kirsten White. It's a new Obi-Wan adventure, I say, making fun of myself because we've been calling it new for over a month. It's (laughs) not new anymore. We just still intend to read it, so we are continuing to suggest it to you as an audiobook.
4: Yeah, it's, it's, this is the week I think I start. I think I have a little downtime between uh, travel gigs. I think this is the week. But uh, if you don't want to read it, you want to listen to it, this is what we're doing here. We're recommending you try it out and download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash 4Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash 4 Say with me, kids, for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. The other side, more news here on 4 Center.
3: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
2: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
0: This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you
4: Welcome back to Force Center. We're looking at Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago. And we got a little bit more High Republic uh, stories and information coming our way. Uh, High Republic. Art reveals uh, and what we've all wanted. More yattle, which will kind of be the focus of this news story here. Kristen Baver, <laughs> guest, hosted the High Republic show and revealed some new art for characters in the upcoming second phase of the High Republic, which is here. The books and the comics are starting to come on out. Uh, there is a younger version of the character, Sav Maligan, a character we met in phase one. Now remember, again, phase two is about 150 years before the events of phase one. There is a 15-year-old tech Genius named Sky Graf, part of the Graf Prospecting Dynasty, featured uh, prominently in Phase One. There is a honorable Jedi named Barash Sylvan who will be featured in the upcoming Portal uh, Inger Ingel comic series. And that name Barash—ooh, that's familiar to the people who might know the Barash vow. I uh, don't know what we're going to get from there, there, uh, but, and, and feel free, Joseph and Jennifer, to talk about any name I just mentioned, <laughs> but there is some art of Yaddle. Uh, we want to talk about hey. yattle and how this one-off character from the Phantom Menace has quite the cult following. There is always Yattle joy whenever yattle shows up. I'm fascinated with that. Jennifer, anything jump out to you here? And I'm going to need your Yaddle thoughts.
5: Oh my gosh. So f- first of all, the, barash the artwork for Mm barash very anime i would say Mm -hmm. i'm not an anime uh yeah scholar or anything but that just kind of took took me back oh that's kind of cool i like that Mm -hmm. i have no idea who the other characters are this is one area (laughs) where i really need to uh, (laughs) work on my star wars knowledge i don't know anything about the high republic i've heard wonderful things Mm -hmm. but that yaddle concept art there is something about Yattle because I just I love her. <laughs> yes. I've yes. loved her since I've loved her since I first saw her her wrinkly face in The Phantom Menace. Uh yeah. I, I don't I don't know why I love her uh so much, but this artwork in particular, it mm-hmm. gives her a very sophisticated look. Her expression is very kind and warm, which is kind of different than how she looks in the prequels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's a lot older, age yeah. <laughs> does that to you. Um, um, mm-hmm. uh, and one detail that I think is funny is that her feet, because now I'm into Grogu feet, right? I'm yeah. into the, the Yoda species feet. Her feet have these long nails, which Ooh. makes her look kind of elegant. Um, I like the choice. Whoever did this concept art, fantastic. And it also made me realize I really want her to make an appearance somewhere. Can we, like, anywhere? Yeah. Ahsoka, Mandalorian, like, mm. I. She's still alive,
3: correct? Um, mm.
5: Well, mm. in the comics, no, right? Was uh, it in the
3: com- I can't no, I, I think her her fate had been made clear in Legends, and it has been up for grab in canon. Mm. Mm. And, right. Uh, she is appearing in the very soon to be released this week, Tales of the Jedi animated show. Yeah, That's right. So there is a possibility that we will learn more uh, mm. uh, later, actually next week, uh, next week October yeah. 26th. Hmm. Um, it is possible that we will know more about Yattle's fate very soon. Possible, <sighs> possible. Not
4: confirmed at all. Yeah, the
5: I, people want more of her. That's they, all I'm going to say. But,
4: but they really do. They really do. And, and Joseph, uh, again, feel free. We're going to talk. I love to, to talk about Barash, but yeah, the the Yattle love is very strong. Even people inside Lucasfilm, Matt Martin is one of them in the circle sort of group who's just unabashedly a Yaddle stan, and I love it. <laughs> I just love the energy of it.
3: Yeah, uh, ride or die Yattle for sure. Yeah, let's yeah. lead with Yattle and come back for Brash because yeah. I am fascinated by that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I I should just talk from my own perspective because I think maybe you know people love Yattle for a myriad of reasons. Yeah, uh, but for me, she's in this collection of the Phantom Menace of things that when it first came out, that people either didn't like or poked fun at, mm. uh, but then become actually intrigued by as the years go on. Um, yeah. Jar Jar himself is, right, somebody, a character we just talked about, how much the character, the idea and the meaning of the character is there in Phantom Menace, but then becomes so much more fleshed out. But, like, Jarl mm-hmm. Poof on the Jedi Council was, like, one of the go-to jokes uh, among myself uh, <laughs> in, in my Star Wars friends because it's just yeah. that weird, long, bobbin head. I remember, like, <laughs> I think the week phantom menace came out uh, my improv group did a show and somebody started a, a star wars scene and my friend just jumped to the back of the stage sat down stuck his arm up and like made his hand ahead in and, and it drifted a little bit and like the whole audience was like it's that guy like oh my gosh <laughs> they recognized sort of like the joke of yarl poof right yeah yeah um so from my perspective yattle started out as a, a joke right of yep kind of funny because mm-hmm. for a couple reasons Um, that the main photo of her the main shot of her in the Phantom Menace right uh, I, Jennifer I think you're being generous that she's older she looks like she is uh, <laughs> has overindulged in something she looks like she has had to be undercover on the death sticks right she's got yeah. those weird dangling weak little chicken legs yeah. her mouth is hanging open like she is just yeah. barely aware she's like uh, is there the chosen one was here what uh, yeah. you know uh, yeah She looks weird. And then uh, I want to be (laughs) very delicate about the way I say this because I don't want to support it. But it's a truth of what I grew up around. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: You know, there was that phenomenon uh, growing up with a lot of pop culture things that you'd be introduced to the male version.
1: Mm -hmm. And then you'd
3: get a lady version of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Right?
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just be like, man.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miss Pac-Man, uh, Smurfette, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. in it, it, it was about like, what well, I, I shouldn't say what it was about. What it felt like to me is, look, we're being inclusive. There's one lady, and it's basically the man, but now she's got hair. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Yaddle, from that perspective, which I do not endorse, but I grew up with, mm-hmm. uh, really slotted into that, it's Yoda, but with lady hair, right? <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Yep. which made the character comic mm-hmm. in a certain way. And then also kind of had that, there was so much in the Phantom Menace that had an air of Lucas wanting to give us more information. And, and a lot of us going, we don't want that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. going, going um, sure. to more information about the the force, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. um, And I think yellow was one of those like, Ooh, we, we, we like not knowing Yoda, anything about Yoda's, Species, right? So yeah. is Yaddle opening the door to that, and then and then she disappears so mysteriously in Attack of the Clones, you know? Right. Yes, yes. And I think for me, there's this whole arc of these characters that, from my perspective in '99, were silly or weird, and then it's the great tip of the iceberg storytelling of Star Wars, but they intrigue you, right? Yeah. As soon as you're done laughing, you're like, "But what's the deal, really?" <laughs> right. But seriously, I want to know who the character truly, truly is. What motivates them? What is her relationship? With Yoda, how is her perspective different? Like I become actually, truly, deeply interested. Yeah. So for me, Yaddle is one of those characters that has this specific charm. Of my entry point was kind of laughing at it, but now I'm sincerely invested.
4: Yes, like me with the Spice Girls again. Like I always say, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, Joseph, that's a that's a big time four center well said because you're touching on exactly the feeling for. Uh, perhaps Austin, our generation, certainly not everyone to speak in generally, but your experience, I think, is lines up with mine of, um, first of all, yeah, Jen, you say the Miss Pac-Man reference and everything that, that just kind of was the feel and George going, hey, here's more. And you go, "Well, what? And 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 it wasn't like Yaddle just slipped in the background and I didn't see her like it was front and center and it was like, whoa, a, a lady Yoda, right? Like, and, and again, I'm with you on on not endorsing that take on it, but that was the feel, especially 99 And I was always, uh, I've been fascinated by uh, the Yaddle love now. Clearly, it's why I want to talk about it, because of those humble beginnings. But it's the power of Star Wars to stick around. It's the power of Star Wars to let other generations come in and take hold of something and make it their own and have a different relationship with it. And, And Yaddle's part of that. Uh, without a doubt, I mean, yeah, to Jen's description and your follow-up, Joseph. I mean, she looked like a villain in Dark Crystal to me. Like it was <laughs> exactly, exactly. Stuff, like she's going to pull pull her eyeball out or something. Like it. scare me <laughs> as a kid. Um, yeah, so it, it was different. And then, yeah, then she disappears, which was all, you know, it, it was noticed. Like it was a little bit of like, oh, we didn't get more of of, uh, of Yaddle. And also, I'll say this, it's funny Yaddle was one of those names that I felt early on. Uh, even though uh, you know I was, uh, the, the the hubbub around Phantom Menace, I still took time to learn that name, right? And I <laughs> you had to, you had to, and I still bragged about knowing that name to my friend. So uh, my relationship started to change over the years. So from those humble beginnings. I can't wait for more Yaddle content. I can't wait. I think people have definitely been waiting for it. And it's part of this thing. Uh, is it to a level of, uh, say, the Tuscans? I I don't know yet. But this uh, taking things from Star Wars past, including things that at times might have been, uh, we might say, problematic now, but maybe of their era then or of tr- uh, tropes that might uh, push towards uh uh, being uh, you know problematic themselves, uh, just being able to recontextualize things is is part of what I love about Star Wars right now. They they do it with the Tuscans, they the, even off world Jawas is part of that too, or uh, lawn gear on their on their uh, roof there. But for Yaddle to now just go from you all thought I was Lady Yoda, but I'm Yaddle, and I'm here, and here's my story, and High Republic <laughs> is this place to do it uh i'm fascinated by this i can't wait i can't believe 1999 can would be what are you talking about you want to hear more Yattle <laughs> stories and i do i can't wait for more yaddle
3: yeah I, i'm very excited for it and, and i think there is a we've been talking about i think uh our perspective from mm-hmm. our generation and i'm always happy to hear other people's perspectives but i think there's a general thing across generations in star wars now where there's a little bit of almost the like uh the obscurity challenge of, like, hey, Star Wars, give us the smallest uh, screen time, mm. the weirdest design, mm-hmm. and we will still be intrigued. Like, we can take it. Like, yes, <laughs> we, we we do want a five-issue Claude arc, comic yeah. book arc. You know, like, I yeah. think there is that investment in there's nobody too weird, nobody too obscure that we don't want to see. Like, mm. what's the actual truth? What's the depth of that character who, who appears for a split second?
4: Yeah, and, and especially back in 2014, 2015, uh, everyone, including, I think, myself, Joseph, maybe even you, Jennifer, you, would make a joke of, oh, we're doing standalone movies now. Is We're going to have a Gonk Droid movie. And it's like, at the end of the day, Gonky shows up, and you're like, yeah, I could take five episodes of Gonky. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is Star Wars. We do this. You can make fun of it, but we invest in these characters, uh, and it's fun. I, I, want, I want more of that extra in Andor that's like the mouse rat species that hops around like give me more of that. Oh yeah.
5: That. It it's awesome. about commitment, right? Yeah. We want to see these characters in their full form and I think maybe they they purposely chose Yattle to be kind of dazed and confused in hopes that she wouldn't she wouldn't steal the scene. Yeah. Because maybe in my mind <laughs> she would have stolen that scene. I would have been like who's that? What's going on with her character? Um if she had been alert and and alive (laughs) (laughs) alive. (laughs) I was gonna try and take a screen grab and unfortunately like every still that they have is just her looking like dare I say Viserys from House of the Dragon just (sighs) (sighs) so um, yeah it's unfortunate but I'm glad that we're now getting younger vibrant yaddle
4: Yeah, absolutely. Just like we're getting uh, Yoda out there uh, doing stuff as well. No, I, I love it. No, I, I hear what you're saying there. On, uh yeah, she was memorable. She stole the scene. She did steal the scene. That was that <laughs> right. was the thing. That was the thing. So many conversations around that '99 of uh, of uh, uh, what, you know Yaddle before. I I can't remember. Justin, do you remember when they released the name? I
3: don't remember when I first knew the name Yaddle. I feel like I've always known it. I feel like I walked out of the screening <laughs> of Phantom Menace, but I can't remember. Uh, I was on star wars no I wasn't on StarWars.com. I was uh, I was on StarWars.com like every day
1: uh, yeah. leading
3: up to attack the clones um so but maybe it was a, in a Star wars insider magazine maybe it was on a trading card maybe it was on the back of an action figure oh, I can't man. remember when I mm-hmm. first learned a yattle but I remember that it only added to my sort of uh <laughs> yeah. my uh joy in going this is bonkers. And yeah. her name is Yaddle. Yeah. And she sounds like, you know, some combination of yodel and laddle. Uh, I had a friend at the time who was like, laddle's the funniest word there is in the uh, English language. Laddle. Like, Yaddle's a close second now.
4: Yaddle's yeah, close. Yeah. Which, which is why we still want wanted Grogu to be Yozu or something like that. Just made sense. Made sense. Uh, yeah. Also, I love uh, you sounded like Luke, like uh, in Leia, like somehow I've always known. Just always do her name is uh well that's only part of the story here. We do want to talk a little bit and yeah, Jen, I know you are not alone. A lot of people there uh you know still trying to catch up with the High Republic or feel feeling overwhelmed. But uh some of the characters uh might not mean anything to you yet, but they will. But uh mm-hmm. Joseph, we do want to discuss these characters, but particularly yeah, this character of uh Jedi, uh this Jedi Knight Barash Sylvain. Uh, I love me some Porter Engel, but I'm really intrigued by this uh, honorable Jedi fighting alongside or traveling the galaxy with Porter. Uh, Your thoughts on Barash and what that might mean? As uh, we uh, know, the Barash vow was out there already.
3: Yeah, no, I'm I'm really really intrigued by it. Uh, Both the design, yeah, I love Mm -hmm. what Jennifer's saying about kind of anime. Like uh, she also just looks very sort of uh, Nordic Valkyrie, Mm. um, which is just kind of a a great. image uh, to bring into it a really intriguing image and yeah the brash vow i think is a, a fascinating thing got that got in, introduced into canon uh, the vow that a jedi mm-hmm. takes to if they feel like they have made a mistake to just step away from absolutely everything um it, because that's so relate it, it that was such a fascinating thing to learn that that was sort of a a known and organized part of the jedi journey of sometimes mm-hmm. people felt the need to do that because it so matches what uh, perhaps what was going on with obi-wan not really. We know now, but certainly there's some similarity to what, to what Luke does in Last Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. But to have somebody name Barash and wonder, is that going to be connected? Um, is really, really fascinating. And mm. i also seen these designs that she's got some sort of a, a Mechno arm, mm. which is really, like really intriguing because mm-hmm. of all of the history of the way that's used in, in Star Wars. Uh, Porter Engel is a character who mm. is implied uh used violence when necessary and became famous for it but now wrestles with it um mm-hmm. and that's interesting to see a, a jedi traveling with him uh is this also a scar from being uh, very aggressive
4: yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh well said indeed and yeah this connection uh, and talk about tip of the iceberg or things like that like that, that barash vow when it shows up which is in the vader series um uh that Jedi my gosh, I forget his name, Jedi Master Feel Feeler or something like that where where Vader gets his lightsaber from in the in the comic series back in 2015, 2016
3: range. Yeah. I struggle to remember his name. Inful Sika, something yeah. like
4: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're closer than I was there for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, and without a doubt, I think that was, was Charles Soul, right? So he's in the High Republic. But uh, I, I, that was all the rage, man. Right? That was you talk about theories and predictions and irresponsible speculation. That Barashvash showed up, and it was like, oh, that's the answer to Luke. That's why he's on the island. Yay! And, and mm-hmm. which is, by the way, not a you know crazy leap to make, especially then um, when we thought maybe more clues were there for just plot details. Uh, so to come back now, oh, I I was just making the notes for this news, uh, and I was out, uh, uh, you know, traveling. I was in, in La Jolla, and so I was just kind of uh, focused, on, still maybe recovering from a little late night uh, Eagles documentary and White Claw drinking, you know. And <laughs> I just kind of wrote the name down, emailed it off uh, to you both, and then was like, wait a minute, that's the br- Brash! Oh my god. So I'm I'm ready, intrigued, and, and hope we get uh, eventually an answer or a direct connection to be fun all these years later. Talk about again tip of the iceberg to get some more uh, to that now there. So Jen, I know uh, a little bit out there, but now you might be really intrigued with phase two. Oh, I
5: and I and I've committed myself to to reading at night now, just to right. kind of calm myself, you know, get away from technology, not fall asleep on the couch while watching yeah. something. Right. So it's on my nightstand. I'm doing it. I'm motivated. You guys have, have uh, gotten me excited about this because I have a long way to go to catch up to this point. So
3: yeah. Yeah. There is a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Jedi master Kirik Infla is the one we learned about the bresh vow and uh, the person who Vader took their kyber for his blade.
4: A Good little part of that run there. Uh, Getting more on, like, the Graff family, the Santecas. That's one of the things, uh, little small things I've loved about the High Republic. Just these dynasties and families and companies and legacies that kind of roll on out. That is kind of fun as well. So Sky Graff's uh, interesting and, and a great design, too, as well for as We jump even farther back in the Star Wars timeline.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Sev Mulligane is, uh, is a kyozu, uh, right. like Embo in Constable Zuvio. So I love to see uh, that uh, culture being developed as well.
4: All right, well, that is the look of it. We we got graphs, we got Sentecas. Uh, I am uh, gathering my breath and energy to uh, get ready to dive into Phase 2. Can't wait, um, but uh, y'all yeah, finish Padawan, then start High Republic uh, <laughs> Phase 2. We know a lot of you are excited out there as well. All right, we're almost done today, but before we uh, get on out of here, we are going to take a look at this week in Star Wars history, looking ahead to Star Wars past and a special one, and a bittersweet one this week as well. On October 21st, 1956, Carrie Francis Fisher was born to Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher just down the road from where I live now in beautiful Burbank, California, St. Joe's Hospital. Uh, being born into Hollywood royalty made Carrie the perfect fit for the iconic senator turned rebel princess Leia Organa of Alderaan a role that she, of course, made very much her own. The world lost Carrie in December 2016, hard to believe and hard to believe it is already that long ago, but what are some of the lessons we all took and continue to take from the life and times of Carrie Fisher and everyone's favorite princess, Joseph.
3: Yeah, I, that's such a it's such a big question. Yes. <laughs> I I try to contain myself a bit. I uh, I think, you know, there's so many legacies because there's her her role as Leia, right? There's mm-hmm. what Lucas uh, wrote and then uh, what Carrie Fisher just breathes so much life into and so much, I would think, of her own perspective and her mm-hmm. own sense of humor, in her own sense <laughs> yeah. of, of strength, right? But, you know, I think uh, building off of that, all of the storytelling we've had with Leia, with, you know, little Leia and Obi-Wan Kenobi, with mm-hmm. all of the great stories in books and comics, to me, the, the inspiration, what I take from the character of Leia is uh, strength, uh, perseverance, admitting exactly how bad things are, mm. but still not losing hope, uh, which is so important. Of like, she is never been a Pollyanna. She's been it's real bad. It's exactly this bad, but mm. we cannot give up. Um, yeah, and uh, and her journey to to be somebody who is a a leader who who has to be there for others, who's, who plans and organizes, but then also learns that she needs to let her feelings in and, and lays mm. great power of being intuitive as well as a great organized leader those are some of the things to me that are inspiring um Mm -hmm. about Leia. carrie fisher there's so much to be said so i'm just really going to focus on the way that carrie fisher used comedy in the way that she talked about her own life Mm -hmm. and about her own journeys if anybody hasn't watched it or hasn't watched it in a little while Mm -hmm. there's like that six minute clip from 2015 of her interview on Good Morning America, where she brings Gary the dog, and she says multiple deeply meaningful, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, just keen observations, but also just sort of like uh, pops a pin in the sort of the hot air of these sort of, these are interviews to promote a a movie. This Mm -hmm. is what we say. This is how we Mm -hmm. say it. And she's just like, no, I'm going to bring all of my humanity in this, Mm -hmm. into this. Mm all of my humanity and charm, and I'm going to make this real instead of this very fabricated uh, mm. thing. Mm. And there's so much to, to me about her comedy from, from her novels and her films uh, to her uh, you know, one-woman show, to her books, to just casual interviews, where she uses comedy in what is, to me, the highest form, mm. that it is to commiserate that life can be difficult, that life can be absurd. It is to take something that, that can be hard and turn it into joy through through laughter and give yourself some more control over it because yeah. you are laughing at it. It's the alchemy of comedy. Yeah. To take something that's hard for all of us and and even briefly make it beautiful and cathartic, it's the highest reason to do comedy, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. to me, she's just such a, a shining example of how that feels when comedy is just relief yeah that's what carrie fisher's comedy is to me
4: yeah well said there i think of harrison ford and empire dreams she got a lot of gall got a lot <laughs> of gall a lot of things yeah yeah this is these are big questions here and it changes over time as well as you look back and uh things in your life change the addition of of, of little later to the story about the character learning about her her origins as well as a as a character that cares about others and, and empathy, the, the carrying that, that torch, that flame for hope. Um, that's all stuff that will, will be with all of us there. And yeah, I, I just reiterating about that, the purpose of comedy, film comedy. just this weekend, uh, just this weekend with, with a friend who was going through some stuff. I, I didn't quote exactly, but I, but I mentioned, I was like, you know, it's like Carrie Fisher's joke. You, you either you, you, you laugh or you're going to cry. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. and, and the yeah. power of that and owning and, and, and just even who, Carrie was especially in the in the later years where she too, you know, we've been talking about Ahmed up top, but like she too went through that, uh, you know, different degree and different thing. But you know where she aged, her 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 body changed everything, and she went through this horrible, uh, you know, uh, often let's be honest, sexist scrutiny of of who she was, and she wasn't still Bikini Leia again, and all those things to go through that and emerge. Um, uh, emerges the Carrie that we all got to know uh, in the last 15 years or so where she'd show up in interviews and documentaries uh, and just own who she was, own the mistakes, own the changes, enjoyed what she could, struggled and was honest with it. And and that really, uh, at the end of the day, is what I really take from from her uh, Carrie Fisher, more than anything uh, of, of just like uh, on your worst day, that's still you. And you got to own it. You got to move forward. You got to work on it. You got to joke about it. You got to laugh about it. And that is truly inspirational. And and we've all seen that, um, you know, up front and close with Star Wars fans uh, mm-hmm. uh, connecting to Carrie in that way. Uh, always powerful there. So, uh, Jen, take us home on uh, Life and Times so of Carrie Fisher.
5: Oh my gosh. I just, you know, really from the eighties on when you would see her in interviews, whether it was with Charlie Rose or some sort Mm -hmm. of late night talk show, the thing that made her really one of a kind that I don't, you don't even see nowadays is she was who she was Mm -hmm. off screen and, and on, in these interviews. It was like, Mm -hmm. she, she just embraced her eccentricities and just like her her quirkiness, her things that make her real and human that we can all relate to. And, you know, she was a champion, as we all know, of, of for mental health and really destigmatizing it, trying to destigmatize it. And that's so incredibly important. Um, and whenever I think of Carrie Fisher, I think of that Bright Light's documentary mm. and seeing her home just like how quirky and just eclectic it was and how you would hear stories about her sprinkling glitter on people. <laughs> I just, I want to be somebody like that. That is just, <laughs> they are who they are and they're there and in, in all of our weirdness and just, you know, um, not changing. And that is so refreshing and it's so it's so Carrie mm. and it's why you could net, you never knew what you were going to get when you would see her in an interview, which is like, yes, it's, is there's something um, that's uh, it's uh, enjoyable to watch because I wouldn't do that. I'd be too scared. You know, you want, I want people to like me. She's like, no, either you like me or you don't. I, it's all right. <laughs> I'm just going to be me. Um, and that's really something that I, I truly admire. And her daughter, Billy Lord, mm. who you know talks about her grief, around losing her her mom and her grandma um but she also celebrates her mom's life and i just Mm. i love that and i think that in fact star wars celebration this year she went around giving people packets Mm. of glitter just like you know she said that she didn't want to sprinkle it on people because she didn't know if they would be wanting (laughs) glitter on them uh but she gave it as an homage to her mom i thought that was so sweet
4: yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Billy Lord at 2017 Orlando, coming out there to to address the crowd. Speak. The crowd's still a, a powerful moment. Yeah. Oh. Um. All all of it bittersweet, of course, but a powerful moment nonetheless. Well said, Jen. Uh. Really appreciate that. Yeah. At, you know, a, I just heard a story this weekend. Two friends, uh, one of them, our, our pal Mike Black, who's appeared on Four Center before and will again and uh, another comic. I know Steve Simone, uh, Mark Ellis was telling me a story that they saw Carrie Fisher at like a 7 at one in the morning. And she got Whoa. out of the car and, and, and saw them and knew they knew. And yeah. she just and she didn't run from it. She didn't, hide, she didn't necessarily talk to them, but she got, they, they both are like it was she knew what that moment meant for us. in the Mm. most Carrie way at one in the morning and and she didn't run from it. Uh, So the stories remain. The stories remain. Carrie Fisher, born on this uh, day or this day this week, October 21st, 1956. The world Absolutely misses our princess there. We are done today. Let's look at Star Wars news. The yaddle of it all. Uh, more news next week, of course, and or review. Uh, next episode coming up, we got uh, Q's and A's. We got a lot of a full slate of Force Center content <laughs> this week. Thank you all for listening today. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our uh, Instagram page is out there as well. Our YouTube page, you got a live Q&A coming up uh, soon. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast is available on ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash 4 You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Always excited to have new patrons join. Get into our Discord and talk Star Wars every day with 4Center friends. You can find me at Cadnapsock or go to my website, Cadnapsock.com. I'll be in Seattle on October 28th. Oh, man, I don't know the days and times anymore. Uh, but it will be up there uh, doing comedy with Mark Ellis. You can get tickets there. Uh, Joseph, where can they find you?
3: Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, to links to all the other stuff I do in particular. Uh, I am more active on my YouTube channel. More stuff uh, coming very soon. I've also uh, refreshed my Patreon, so uh, I'll be uh, advertising that a little bit more. But if you're interested, I know it's a difficult time for everyone, but if you're interested in just uh, checking it out, you can go to patreon.com slash scrimshaw. Uh, I also want to continue to plug a uh, Vote Forward. This is an organization that lets you send letters to uh, voters to encourage them to use their power and get out and vote. Uh, the midterms are coming up very soon. The mail date for all these Vote Forward letters is uh, Saturday, October 29th. Ken is going to be doing comedy, and <laughs> I'm going to be sending some letters. So if you are interested <laughs> at all in checking it out, uh, now is the time. You can go to their website, votefwd.org, to see if it's for you.
4: Good stuff. Indeed. Uh, Jennifer, take us home.
5: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jennifer Landa, youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa, where I've been posting weekly reviews of Andor and my target shopping adventures, <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. Um, I'm also on TikTok at Jennifer Landa, 1138. Um, and this week, like Joseph, I want to highlight the midterm elections, which are on Tuesday, November 8th of this year. There is so much on the line as there always is, democracy a lot. Um, And so, you know, you can find out, uh, if you go to canivote.org, you can register to vote there. You can check your registration status. You can find your polling place. You can get more info on um, absentee and early voting. So it's a great kind of resource for you on voting. Is canivote.org. And yeah, let's all get out there.
4: Get out there votes. and vote, or uh, I, I do it by mail, because why wouldn't you vote from sweatpants on your couch? You can do that. Absolutely. <laughs> you could do, mm-hmm. do that. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for all that. We'll see you soon. This was ForCenter. Center.